With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's just typical of the NFL. Um, you know, they're just playing to their fan base, and they're just uh, you know, basically trying to use the anthem as uh, fake patriotism, um, nationalism, uh, scaring people. Um, it's idiotic, but uh, that's how the NFL has handled their business. There he is, the greatest coach in American sports, uh, Steve Kerr. Uh, even sharper than Pop on these things because he doesn't flinch at all. Steve Kerr, the uh, coach of the Golden State Warriors, uh, letting the NFL have it perfectly for their idiotic uh, policy that they start yesterday. Making, you know what we used to say they have done? They have made a mountain. Out of, of a, a molehill. Yes, they that have. That's exactly have. what they've done. Uh, Kerr, uh, they're basically trying to use the anthem as fake patriotism, nationalism, scaring people. All right. Here's the deal. I've stood up for 5,000 national anthems in arenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am not standing up to uh it's it's a sense of duty i don't think i'm really honoring the united states of america when i do it i think i'm just standing up because everybody else does okay here's the deal uh did we really care that much about eight guys protesting how did this become such a tremendous issue well who gives a damn well they aren't people buying tickets because those Dumbasses that are all upset about this are too cheap to buy tickets. But uh, go ahead. Well, what? I've I've always said since this whole thing blew up is that the initial message that Colin Kaepernick was mm-hmm. trying to send yes. when he took that for, that knee for that first time, which was almost what two years ago now. Mm-hmm. That original message has been completely lost. Yes, and that's what it has been, was saying. It today. has been completely lost. Yes. And now the focus and the narrative has been taken away from what needs to be talked about to, you know, respect the flag and the military. And the military. I did this for my country. And I did. And we it had our, nothing to do with that. We had nothing. Our, we had our coach out here yesterday, Zimmer, giving the same crap that everybody else gives about how uh if you don't it's 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 to honor the military and all the guys that uh, died for our country well these guys went out there and they fought the huns 
and they're ready to fight the North Koreans if they have to and everybody else. So if we don't want to stand up for the flag, we don't have to. That's what they're out. That's what they're in the military for. We don't have to be like North Korea when that little jackass marches around and be terrified. We, as long as we aren't hurting anyone else, we can do damn near anything we want to, including not stand up for the flag. You know what is interesting, and though? Anybody who says you have to stand up for the flag to prove you're an American is an idiot. You know what is interesting, though, is to watch former players kind of weigh in on this issue. Because it's interesting because it is such a dividing topic right now. But I've noticed a couple of players are saying that um, the reason that they have a problem with the kneeling in the first place is that when you step onto the field, it's supposed to be about the team. And so when you decide as a player to take a knee, you are making it more of a, a selfish act that, that's distracting from the ultimate team goal. And that's fine. If you want to make it a selfish act, that's fine. You can do it. You can do that. And I don't, you know, I the, these guys are just ass kissers who are saying that. They want everybody to to be fans of them. Uh, I I don't think... Here, we were down to about 10 guys until Pence showed up, until Trump started talking, and then Pence, Pence went to the Colts game. Yeah. Went up to the Colts game, and, and they picked out the 49ers because they had about five guys protesting. And... Now they have made this thing unbelievable because if you stay in the locker room, as we said earlier, even if you're in there going to the bathroom, if you come out after the anthem, you're going to get booed more. You're going to be more noticeable now than you were when you were one of the and four you're probably, people. And you're probably going to have, and you're probably, even if you're just like a special teamer, you're probably suddenly going to have six reporters and seven cameras yes, in front of you yes. after the game asking you questions mm-hmm. as to why you weren't out there for the national anthem. I don't know why the NFL just didn't come out and say, nah, we're not worried about it. That's it. It'll go away. We're fine. Because you know why they didn't do that. Because there are it, a bunch of sissies that are afraid they might lose Papa John. Well, that's somebody. that's it. It's The only mm-hmm. reason the NFL is even doing anything about it publicly is because they're worried about the bottom line. That's the only reason. It has nothing to do with patriotism. Okay, and here's Jerry Jones last year. Oh, I mean, God. last year he kneels down with the players. With the players up, on the field. this whole ridiculous thing. So and then disingenuous. Trump, and then Trump comes out, and now he knows in, you know, in Texas, Trump got 65% of the vote probably. I don't know what it was, but it's the most Republican state in the union. So he's, and his redneck buddies are telling him, hey, man, we can't put up with this. And now all of a sudden he's all in and he couldn't get a right, rid of Roger Goodell. But this whole thing is Jerry Jones written all over it, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's Jerry Jones. You're listening to Jerry Jones. Let's come up with this elaborate policy that puts more attention on what was about eight protesters uh, than anything. And now... It's uh, the the NFL can't get a, it, it's amazing. They can't screw up their game. People are going to watch it no matter what. But uh, they do so many evil things, and this is another one. But we like the game, so we're going to keep watching it. It does show you too, like Kenny had mentioned last hour, that you know this dominated the morning show's topic yeah. for for four yeah. hours. It does just go to show you what a machine it is. And I will again. <laughs> I will again reiterate the biggest shame in all of this is that Colin Kaepernick took a knee because oh yeah pe- because people like me yes 
an African-American man who lives in the state of Minnesota, has lived here my entire life, now every time I get into a car and drive, and if there's a police car behind me, and if I get pulled over, the first thing that comes to my mind is, am I going to survive this? Yes. Am I going to make one wrong move and get shot? The guy that, that is why Kaepernick took a knee, and that message has been completely lost. I uh, watched uh, Sterling Brown. I watched the Sterling Brown video. Oh, the kid God. in Milwaukee. He parks in a bad. He's I don't know two o'clock in the morning in a Walgreens. He probably whips right in because there's you know what difference does it make? He's going to use his use whatever spot it is. The cop car shows up. And he comes over and basically says, what's the problem? And immediately, the cops are acting like they're being confronted. They're not. You're a cop. You got to tell me what your problem is. You can't just start giving me a hard time and telling me what to do. You got to tell me what your problem is. Why are you bothering me? That's my theory on cops. You got to tell me what's your problem. And what, what I I'm walked into Walgreens and bought some chewing gum and now I'm leaving and you're going to give me a hard time. What's your problem? And I've got to admit, I'm shocked at the level of his calm nature in the yes. aftermath of this. He's shown nothing but class, but he's going to make sure and, that they well, and, and, mean, right, and he should and he absolutely should do that. But, you know, what's the? You don't have to bow down to these guys. No. If, Especially when you've done nothing wrong. Yeah, when you've, done, when you've nothing, done nothing, you got to tell me what your problem and is. And that's why these players are taking a that knee. Way. That's yes. why these players yes. are taking a knee. It has nothing to do with patriotism and the flag and honoring the flag. It has nothing to do no, with that. it doesn't. Wake doesn't. up, people. It doesn't. I. Uh, it, it drives me nuts. That, uh, But, hey, Trump found something at work to distract attention from other things that he that are going on, and he'll, he'll use this forever. And this is his... This is his greatest victory so far as president. He got the NFL to cower at his feet. Unbelievable. All right, we'll be back. Pitch swung on and drilled in the air, left field and deep. Back is pulling, that ball is gone. We're tied on the solo home run by the Major League rehabbing Miguel Sano. Is that our pal Josh Wetzel calling that one? Is that Wetzel? I think that's Wetzel. It's from last night's game, right, man? It's from last night's yeah. game, yeah. Yes. Not sure who that was on the call, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Josh Wetzel, he uh, he sneaks down to a spring training and does a couple of Twins games during the spring. He and Atterbury do a couple hmm. together. And uh, Miguel is uh, going to be back. He's going to be, he's probably flew into town. I don't know when they flew out, probably sometime this afternoon. And uh, I'm sure Miguel was here. What are we going to see? Are we going to see... Uh, more disciplined guy who is willing to hit a home run to right field. I'm going to bet we'll see a few strikeouts mm-hmm. just because that's now, in his nature. Now, two days ago, we saw the Doge get two doubles to the right field. Is there any, if, if he can do it, Miguel can do it. Right? I have a prediction. What? Here's what's going to happen. Okay. He is going to come back. Mm-hmm. He will be a little bit more focused, mm-hmm. a little bit more disciplined. For this series. Okay. Because, in all honesty... Unfortunately, he'll get to see Paxton. Yes. uh, Who he did Homer off of. uh, On a knuckle curve. Well, right. But I think he'll... Because whenever he seems to get a little bit motivated, he's really dangerous at the plate. 
The problem is he's going to lose focus and then start trying to pull every pitch, and then he's going to get back to his old ways. To, uh, he's got to stay on the ball, Miguel. You know, Pat, I, I, I think I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that Miguel can hit the ball the opposite way mm-hmm. with relative ease. It's just a matter of if he wants Staying to, on, yeah. If, if he, he wants on to, the ball. and I do if think he gives a damn do about think, doing that. I do think he panics. When things aren't going well, and rather than main, rather than maintain any discipline, he gets anxious. He and, gets anxious, and just like Buxton, you know, Buxton yeah. gets anxious. Different, completely different guys, completely different approach to hitting, but they get anxious when they start striking, and, and then all of a sudden he wants to yank it. He wants to get out there and put the ball in play, and he pulls off everything. And man alive, you got to watch, you know. My J.D. Martinez stat from the other day, 13 home runs. He hit two more uh, a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. 13 home runs, 10 to center or right. He's not as strong as you, Miguel. You're right. stronger than him. Aaron Judge, you're as strong as Aaron Judge. Look at Aaron Judge. He just serves him out to right center field one after another. Now it's shorter there. Just go with a pitch and hit it hard to and right And it's not center. like he has to lunge out no, to do he it. Just, He's just, he can just be on it. Just, yeah. just stay back a little and hit it. You know the other thing, too, about him coming back right now? I think it's a it's a pretty good time for him to return to the lineup because Maurer's injured. So you're not forced to play him at third base right now. He can either uh-huh. DH or he can play it, first base. It will base. be interesting what they do, though. Yeah, they'll probably play Morrison one day and him the next. Mm-hmm. By the way, Joe, uh, when do you think we'll see Joe? Weeks. A couple of weeks. I think least. it's a bad sign that they signed Chris Carter. Yeah, they're, they're saying it I, didn't. They're saying it doesn't have anything to do with it. I, I don't know. I mean, it might not, but I th- there's a reason that they went and signed this guy that's just behind Miguel in terms of strikeout rate at the plate. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just read that as that's not a good sign that we can expect Maurer anytime soon. Uh, meanwhile, I got a very disturbing story to tell you here. A black bear was spotted early Thursday in a Burnsville residential neighborhood. <laughs> Photos from a resident and released by the city show the bear walking in front of a home and at one point standing me. They got a picture of him standing behind a tree mm-hmm. trying to look inconspicuous on Rushmore Co- Court south of County Road 42. The bear did not seem to be agitated or aggressive, a statement from the city read. However... People in this area are asked to be vigilant of their surroundings and not leave pets or small children unattended. (laughs) Uh, But here's what I like. Uh, The bear was last seen entering a heavily wooded area at about 6, 5.30 a.m. Anyone who notices the bear turning ornery should call 911. (laughs) So I don't know. Let's say we got one walking down the street in front of our house, right? Yeah. How do I know if he's ornery or right. not? You don't know what state he's know in. What, you know, you just go up to him and if, ask him. If maybe. he's walking, <laughs> if he's walking down the street on all fours, and okay, you appear. Maybe he's ornery. Maybe he's not in a good mood. How the hell are you supposed to know if he's ornery or not? You know, he, he looked fine. He was just walking along, hoping he didn't get hit by a car. But uh, I, I, I think they're, I think they're putting too much responsibility on us with animals for wh- who, for which we are not familiar. <laughs> we city dwellers ain't messed with 
bears. If you're if you're up in Hayward, Wisconsin, or those places with a how cabin, do, how does a bear get hanging? into Burnsville? They're coming, baby. They're coming. They're they're wow. on the way. Uh, the uh, the Minnesota DNR says that Minnesota's black bears have been slowly expanding southward and westward from a large swath, cutting diagonally and down from northwestern Minnesota to northeast of the Twin Cities. Well, the coyotes did it. We never, 10 years ago, there wasn't a coyote in the Twin Cities. Now there's thousands of them. And there's one thing. They're you- on the way. They like the, the, the availability of food and yeah, they can eat dogs and stuff like There's that. There's one thing you really don't want to guess. The wrong mood the bear's in. You know, if he's, right. if he's he down there to me. Yeah. He's down there looking for action, you're in he trouble, Bob. See, He didn't look ornery to me, and that's why you're now called lefty. Right. Well, I guess if I'm seeing deer run across the street on West Broadway in North oh, Minneapolis yeah. Oh, yeah. and right. wild turkeys oh, being turkeys. chased by people on just off of Hiawatha see, over in uh, South Minneapolis. You see everybody in Rochester upset that they shot the turkey who oh, was chasing God. the kid on the bike. People are nuts. They are nuts. But, <laughs> Mike, you remember Mike Woodley? Mike Woodley oh, yeah, was a yes. local uh, TV, well, local personality. Yeah. and did, Well, he was the first, produ- one of the, the, maybe the first producer for... Uh, Sports talk? For... Uh, Monday night sports talk. Mm-hmm. Woodley was we went back with Woodley. And then Woodley Woodley got a job in San Francisco, the, right? Well in Duluth. Oh. He was doing the TV the sports TV stuff at one of the Duluth stations. And he called us one day because in the spring I think it was the spring no, it had to be the fall. When the apples you know, when sure. the apples were out down there in August or so, the bears had walked down the hill and mm-hmm. they'd be walking all over the neighborhoods down there. And he was living in a little apartment, making no money in Duluth, you know, TV in Duluth. And he told us this story about how he heard these, he, 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 uh, like was leaving the house in the morning. There was a bear standing in the front yard. So he basically ran back in and got underneath a table or something, you know, he yeah. was terrified as yeah. a city guy. Next thing he heard about five minutes later was all these kids laughing. All these kids laughing, like eight, nine, ten-year-old kids. He peeks out their window. They're throwing apples at the bear. You know, these, these Duluth kids are sitting there just throwing apples at the bear, and the and the bears in a tree going, Rawr. they're throwing apples and laughing at him. I guess if you're familiar, but it's it's a bear, right? If he wants to kill you, he can, and they're fast too, mm-hmm. right? It's like gators. Well, that's the rule. You just have to be the second slowest <laughs> when you're in the group. So those just, kids were confident that they were the fastest one of the group. Well, either that or they'd seen so many of them, they just figured they'd tease them. Right. I, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's in Burnsville. That's, uh, as Joe said, came up from the river. Except these guys are coming from, coming from the Northwoods. But they must get down here. They must be enjoying the metropolitan area because they're safe, huh? Apparently, I'm getting a report that there was also a black bear spotted near the Randolph area. We got them, Pat. They're all over Randolph, Minnesota. Oh, Randolph. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's all the way on the other side of the Twin Cities. Home of uh, Caleb Caleb Thielbar. Yeah, Yeah, Randolph. Mm. So they're... They oh, we passed got... the Twin Cities. They're heading for the Iowa. They're heading for Iowa. I can get you a bear. <laughs> God almighty. I love the bear hunters, though. They say they're bear hunters. They put garbage down there. Right. Underneath the tree. The bear comes and eats the garbage. And they shoot it in the head. 
<laughs> shoot it in the head. <laughs> Think it's a boy. I got me one. I'm real skilled. <laughs> <laughs> I got me one. He was eating underneath my tree. I was, uh, you know, I had to shoot him in the forehead. Uh, I don't know. We we get keep the animals. Go back where you came from. We don't need coyotes. We don't need bears. If the bears will come and eat the coyotes, then I'm then in you're favor, in favor. Yeah, favor of them. All right, we'll be back. Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Your Minnesota Twins today announcing they've reinstated third baseman Miguel Sano. Sano's missed the last 24 games with that hamstring problem. He recently finished up a five-game rehab stint with AAA Rochester. Uh, before the injury, Sano hitting 213, five home runs, 14 RBIs. Make room on the roster for Sano. The team sent outfielder Jake Cave down to Rochester. Twins are off today. They open up a three-game series against the Mariners in Seattle tomorrow. Evening. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter. If Miguel can't stay healthy, he's never going to set the single-season strikeout record. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I have a point. Yeah. Minnesota Gophers continue playing the Big Ten tournament tonight. They won the opener in the tourney yesterday. Uh, they're the top seed in the tourney. They got a late game tonight. They play Illinois. That game underway at nine this evening. You know, the only thing that can make you think that uh, base, uh, Major League Baseball doesn't isn't too slow is watching a college baseball game. <laughs> Holy cow! Three to two last night, and it took three and a half hours. Oof! Yikes. Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler today made the All-NBA third team, the second time Timberwolves teammates have made uh, All-League in the same season. The Wolves had only three players make All-League teams. Uh, That would be Kevin Garnett eight times, Kevin Love twice, and Sam Cassell once. It was back in 2003-2004 that Garnett was on the first team, Cassell on the second team. Uh, That, of course, is the last time before this season the Timberwolves made the NBA All the way to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yep. See, Flip could take him to the Western Conference Finals. Tibbs can't even get out of the first round with two of the top 15 players in the league. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Terrence Williams told Frisco, Texas police that former Baylor teammate and current Minnesota Vikings receiver Kendall Wright was responsible for an accident involving Williams' Lamborghini last weekend, according to the police report, but... Apparently, that's not the way it happened. Williams has been arrested for public intoxication, a Class C misdemeanor, was later released on a $369 bond from the Frisco Detention Center. Police are still looking into the cause of the accident in which Williams' Lamborghini crashed into a light pole not far from the Cowboys' practice facility. (laughs) They found the uh, Lambo at 4.41 in the morning, determined it was Williams, and went to his home in a gated community. The gate attendant told Officer Steve Byram that Williams had arrived as a passenger in a car about 10 minutes before police got there. According to the arrest report, Williams said he was at home when he was informed of the accident and Wright was on his way to a club. That contradicted a statement he had made earlier. Uh, Vikings GM Rick Spielman did, uh, did address the matter in a brief statement today. He said, I've spoken directly with Kendall and his agent. Both have assured me there is no truth. To what Williams is saying. All right. So uh, we vetted him, in other words. We vetted this, and Kendall Wright's fine. That's correct. How about the guy that is, has he responded? Has he talked about the guy who was drunk and stole the golf cart? Uh, we, <laughs> have we, uh, oh, yeah, the lineman. Did we vet him, too? We must have vetted him. I don't him know if we vetted too, him. Right? Oh, I'm sure we vetted He's a vetting son of a gun. That's Spielman, <laughs> man. He can vet with the best. That's a great word, isn't mm-hmm. it? A vetted. <laughs> 
Uh, Jack Johnson, the first black man to become a world heavyweight champion, posthumously pardoned today by President Trump. Uh, he had been convicted in 1913 for violating the Mann Act. Trump said in April he was thinking about a pardon after getting a call from actor Sylvester Stallone. Previous pleas to presidents by celebrities and lawmakers had failed. Trump said Johnson had served 10 months in prison for what many view as a racially motivated injustice. Johnson died in 1946 in a car crash in North Carolina at the age of 68. He finished with a career record of 73, 13, and 10. He was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1990. He won the unofficial Black Heavyweight Championship in 1903 with a 20-round decision over Denver Ed Martin. Uh, Because of his race, however, Johnson was repeatedly denied the chance to fight Jim Jeffries for the heavyweight. Roycey, how would you like to hear that phone conversation? Maybe we will on Saturday Night Live. Sylvester Stallone <laughs> talking <laughs> to Trump yeah. on the phone. That oh could, my God. That could be a good one. That Except the season's gym. over, I think. we got to wait for the fall, right? I yeah, think, I think you're right. Yeah, Saturday Night Live's over. Yeah. He, uh, well, good. I, I can support this uh, move by Donald. Yeah. I, I knew there was something. 20 <laughs> rounds. Mm-hmm. That's a long fight. What yes. the hell? Uh, what I love about the president is when he said this today, he, he said, my very good friend, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. One of three. That's all right. <laughs> all right. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. Andrew Kramer uh, covers the Vikings for StarTribune.com. Now, was today an access day or a non-access day at OTAs? Now they made yesterday's available to the media, so okay. that was the first one we got to see. So today, but you guys were all out there today. What do you do when you don't get to interview anybody? Just observe? Oh, you know, snoop around in the dumpsters and do all that kind of stuff. You know, anything just to get a scoop. No, it's it's uh, one of those where you just go to the media room and, and um, you know, step out when you got to make some phone calls. Because as you found out earlier today, Pat, cell phone service isn't always working that beautiful new building they got. Well, I haven't been out there yet. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to, is it an upgrade on the uh, press room uh, across the street at uh, Winter Park? Yes, very much so. There is no natural propane or no natural gas leak from the cafeteria next door in uh, the Olympic Place building. No, it's much better. It is. It's much better. But it's it's just, like an insurance uh, office. just the cell phone is uh, no good. So, uh, Anthony Barr not being there, Did uh, could you see a little red on Coach Zimmer's neck or not really? I think at this point, not really. I think if this continues to wane on, certainly into training camp and the more meaningful time when they maybe even get pads on here with the mandatory minicamp starting in mid-June, then maybe it might be an issue. But at this point, uh, Anthony Barr is just protecting the assets, which are his legs, his arms, um, just all the things that are going to make him a bunch of money after this year. And and there's no reason to think he won't be there for the mandatory, I I would think. Uh, I mean, he he, he has a contract. He just wants, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to break an ankle. uh, What, uh, who, Hunter Henry blew it out in, uh, organized uh, uh, team activities in, in San Diego. I don't blame him for not being there. Yeah, you're right. And Paul Worlow, the linebacker yes. of Philadelphia, also tore his ACL. So this is coming off the heels of two guys tearing ACLs on the first day, and, and Barr's sitting there going, yeah, I think it's a pretty good decision, I'm sure, to sit out. So, um, no, Pat, I don't think every indication I've gotten, and just looking at the context clues of this, this would seem like Anthony Barr realizes that he's not at risk of anything at this point. He has no workout bonuses. He's not going to get fined any money for sitting out these next few weeks. And it's only 10 practices that he's missing. So it's three weeks, but it's only 10 sessions that you're allowed 
throughout the three weeks. And then it becomes those mandatory three days in the middle of June. And that's when uh, I would expect Anthony Barr to show up. Uh, how come Diggs is there? Well, Stephon Diggs is playing nice. That's a good yeah. question. Daniil Hunter is also there, and these are guys who uh, are playing a little bit nicer, I think, when it comes to this. Um, those guys also, I guess Stephon's got a little bit of an injury history, but we know Barr, too, has played through plenty of things as well. So uh, Stephon's just a guy, I think, who's deciding to show up at this point. Anthony's deciding to take a different path. And two, keep in mind, this is a guy who just saw one of his closest friends on the team sign a lucrative contract extension with Eric Kendricks. And so I wonder if there might be a little acrimony there with Anthony wanting his deal as well. Uh, what uh, what did Kendricks get? He got five years, fifty million. And does uh, how much of that uh, does he actually get if they decide uh, if he if something happens to him? Do you know how much guaranteed? Twenty something. I can't remember off the top okay. of my head, but I believe it's something below twenty. Yeah. Okay, okay. So would that do it for Barr, or does he want more than that? Having been mm-hmm. a li- maybe not being more effective, but certainly more honored uh, as, as a player uh, with the Pro Bowls and everything. Yeah, if I'm Barr's agent, I want more than that. If you look at Anthony Barr's current contract status, he's on the books for twelve million next year. Now that's just on the oh, fifth-year yeah. option. That's that's determined based on the highest paid players at his position. And Anthony, I think, would think he deserves to be paid among those high guys. So you look at uh, the top highest paid 4-3 outside linebacker right now is Jamie Collins. He's at about $12.5 million a year. Below him is Telvin Smith with the Jaguars. He's about $11 million per year. So if you're Anthony Barr, you're looking at that range thinking, I deserve to be paid 11 to $12 million per year. And the Vikings can't afford to pay every defender what their top market price is worth. Look at Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith took a pretty team-friendly deal to stick around, even even though he knew he probably could have maximized himself by going to the open market. Eric Kendricks probably did the same thing, too, by signing in so early, um, doing that in March when he could have waited to get more money as well. So Anthony is probably looking at this and saying, if he's going to try and maximize his value like Xavier Rhodes did last year, this might drag out in the training camp. And then uh, who knows what those numbers might be. But it's it's in that $10, $11, 12000000 million range. That's more than what Eric Kendrick and And for. Rhodes got full uh, market value? He did. He got $14 million per year. The okay. Vikings really kind of went against what they normally do with a guy like him, giving him number one corner money. They usually don't pony up that $80 million contract very often. And uh, now, Hunter, where is, I mean, he isn't a star yet. He had, a, he had the good numbers two years ago, not quite as good this year, uh, but he's going to be playing uh, more and more and more, although they're going to, they're bringing in a lot of bodies. They're going to try to do the Eagles thing too. But where, what are guys, what's a guy like him worth? Uh, a guy like Kim can be worth north of $10 million per year, too. Okay. If you just look at what these top pass rushers are getting paid. Now these 4-3 defensive ends aren't getting paid like those Vaughn Millers and those kind of you know 3-4 outside linebackers. But if you're Daniel Hunter, you just point at the fact that he had 12.5 sacks as a rookie coming off seven last year. Um, or, you know, 12.5 sacks in his second year and then coming off seven last year. He's a guy that accumulates pass rush, not just sacks, but pressures. And he's statistically one of the Vikings' most effective pass rushers, even though he didn't have the year that everybody was expecting last year. So to your point, how much is he worth? He could command top-of-the-line value as well. I think, though, with him and his side, the Vikings might be able to work something a little more friendly with him. Because remember now, the Vikings took a chance on Daniel Hunter when a lot of teams were not willing to. 
They took a guy out of LSU and really made him who he is now with coaching and refinement. And I think if you're Daniel Hunter, uh, just speaking with him too, he knows how much the Vikings meant to his career at this point. If anybody out of those three, when we're talking about Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs, Daniel Hunter, I think if you're talking about any of those three that's going to take just a little less, it might be Daniel Hunter. Uh, so uh, Coach Zimmer yesterday went with the angle that uh, uh, we have to stand for the uh, flag uh, because of the military, uh, paying no attention to what the uh, whole thing was about. Uh, so I guess he figures that's the simplest, simplest way to stay on the good side of people, huh? Well, to be fair, Mike was informed of the new policy like as they came off the field yesterday before okay. the press conference. So unless he was checking his phone, which I can tell you he wasn't <laughs> in practice, he, had, he didn't know anything about it. So okay. he was kind of prompted on it right away, and so he kind of went with the standard answer that he's given pretty much every time he's been asked about it. And anybody who's close to Mike Zimmer um, wasn't too surprised by that answer. What uh, they have uh, really created a mess here, don't you think? Uh, they now, uh, now guys coming out of the locker room will be the biggest. Who, who came out of the locker room after the anthem will be the biggest story before kickoff here. Uh, uh, a lot of times, it's. Uh, I, I think they really messed this up. I'm just wondering why they they felt the need to address. Other. I mean, when you go yeah. back and look at the end of last season, very few. Oops. This, this is something that was already kind of fizzling out. Yes. And so for them so for them to go ahead and kind of institute this policy right away, to me that just kind of kicks it up because now you saw the president, the vice president, everybody's got a statement about it. Everybody's kind of, some people are, are taking a victory lap over this um, and thinking it's going to quell protests. But, Pat, you're absolutely right. Now everyone, all eyes are going to be on who wasn't out there, who's <laughs> yes. coming out afterwards. And then the reporting is going to be on that. And we're going to have to talk to them after the game about why they can't, you know, all those things, and and I think some guys, some guys are just going to be forced into the light, maybe unnecessarily or, or more than they want to, because maybe somebody just didn't want to stand for the national anthem because their own personal beliefs, and also they're going to be turned into a protester. It's just, it, it, I think it really does create unnecessary divides uh, with what this is, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, and it is funny that uh, we were talking to Seaford yesterday. I mean, they, there was some actual rep- important stuff that took place at those meetings. They they ratified this uh, kickoff thing, which is the 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 uh, campaign to pretty much get rid of the kickoff continues, and then. Uh, also, the the targeting thing, which I really think that could get out of hand. The uh, the when when you start seeing them, at least in the exhibition games, they're going to be throwing guys out left and right. I think this I think this thing could get really out of hand. Yeah, I did see though that disqualifications will be reviewable, so at least they'll have that. Um, if you are ejected, that can at least now be reviewed. Whereas before, if you were ejected, you're just ejected. Um, so at least officials now can go back and review whether or not a guy deserved to be ejected. But you're right. If, if a guy, we see this every single year where guys feel like they're just straight up playing football. And if there's a reactionary lowering of the head of a receiver or something like that, and all of a sudden it becomes head to head contact. I've talked to plenty of defenders who were like, look, this is unfair. These offensive guys are getting so much more protection than yes. we do. What about a running back lowering his head into us? That rarely gets called. And I know the NFL's trying to call that a little bit more, but these defensive guys really feel like they're the ones being targeted with all this. And now, like you said, if they can start throwing guys out for a single uh, targeting penalty, that could get messy if they don't clear up what exactly targeting is. 
Ah, the old days of activating uh, uh, three running backs, and if uh, Dalvin Cook decides to lower his head and gets thrown out, and some other guy gets hurt, you won't, you might not have running backs. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's really a can of worms. And in the, and what we find in college football is that the officials just overreact, and you're get, you're getting guys thrown out on really ticky tacky uh, hits in in some cases. And, and the thing with the NFL, these guys are moving so much faster. Yes, right. I mean, the, it's so much faster than the college game that to judge it for an official, I think it's almost unfair to these officials having to judge this in just a blink of an eye. And now I know they can go back and review it, but they're not going to review everything. I have to think that these officials will be very, very cautious with this initially. I don't. I just. I can't imagine a world where they walk in and week one they're throwing ten guys out because I don't think that's what anybody wants to see. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks, Andrew. Good luck with the uh, phone out there at uh, whatever we're calling that place. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew Kramer uh, from the uh, Star Tribune. A little report from TCO. Is it TCO? What is it? Uh, Take Your Money Corporation. Twin Cities Orthopedics. Orthopedics. TCO. TCO. Uh, At the TCO. Or we call it the Big O. The Big O. Okay. That, please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. On May 24th, 1983, the Brooklyn Bridge was closed to traffic all day. New York City was holding a $3 million birthday party to celebrate the centennial of its oldest, most famous bridge. Yet even that display couldn't match the triumph of May 24th, 1883, when the bridge first opened, linking the then independent cities of Brooklyn and New York. May 24th, 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge opened in uh, New York. Uh, Somehow Brooklyn got the name, even though it connects Manhattan and uh, Brooklyn. And uh, a guy named John Rebling... uh, was uh, a German guy was the designer of this steel suspension bridge and he was designed it he was fantastic he was outside watching uh as it was somewhat you know they were just getting started something drove over his foot he got a infection and he died and his kid had to finish the bridge what John Rebel wow. yeah what a bad break he was going to be the hero he was fatally injured by taking a few final compass readings across the East River. A boat smashed the toes of one of his feet, and three weeks later, he died of tetanus. That's a Ooh. bad break. He could have been a hero. Uh, and he, then his kid comes in and scoops up all the glory. Scooped all the glory. Although he got he had something wrong with him too. But anyway, Brooklyn Bridge still quite a structure. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.